Ashay, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Sips with Shay. I am so, 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 so excited to introduce you to a beautiful spirit who is a lovely friend of mine, who also is a neighbor, an amazing person. Her name is Felicia. Felicia, say hello. Hello, people. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our first time together. Um, what we are sipping on, as y'all know, we are sipping on some herbal water. I didn't make any tea this time, but I did make a nice little concoction. I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is a little, a little scruffy right now. So I made me like this nice little concoction with some astragalus root and some rosemary, some lemon and lime and sea moss that me and Felicia are drinking. Felicia, how do you, how do you feel about the drink that I created? I like it. It's very light, isn't it's, it? Though it's very light. Yes. Put my big toe in it. Yes. So I'm happy that I'm happy that she she enjoys the so big toe love. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so today, this topic is very dear to my heart because a lot of you who know when I'm on Instagram and you know when we talk in public, inner child work is a big deal for me because this is what I've been pushed into. I didn't walk into this openly and willingly like spirit was like I need you to elevate and I need you to enjoy yourself and figure this out on a level where you sit down you ask yourself some real questions and you figure shit out so I'm so grateful to have Felicia um, here today because she actually is going through her own inner child's work and I was like you have to be on this topic with me I want you to be here so the topic of discussion today and I'm addressing this to Felicia but to anybody who's listening I want you to think about this as well 2020 has been an intense year um, a lot of healing a lot of uh, revealing a lot of tears a lot of laughter everybody has been in their journey and my question this is for you now felicia is how have you seen your inner child call out for your attention in this stage of your life but before you answer that question let the people know like who you are and what stage you're in now um let's see where do i begin lord jesus <laughs> because the the journey of healing of your spiritual work it is not something that happens overnight it's not even it's years years in the making it takes just as many years to correct whatever issues we have as the the amount of years it took to to cause whatever damage that we inflicted upon ourselves so um Personally, I've been on this journey, I want to say, since 2011, but I, begot, I became more focused with it um, in 2015, more intentional about it. Um, and yeah, since 2015. But also, I am a mother, I'm a teacher, I'm an author, I am a community garden person, you know, I work with children, that's my passion. Um, and there's so much you can learn from children. So I try to be um, the person to children that I needed when I was younger, so. I love that. And I wanna touch that before you go deeper. What do you mean you try to be the person to children that you needed when you were younger? Like, children are basically innocent, carefree spirits. They yeah. forgive easy. They are not afraid of a challenge. They'll, they don't give up on things. They're, you know, it's like they're curious. They're led by their curiosity. They're yes. led by their, their, their pure spirits. And um, they're led by just 
joy, you know, and forgiveness and all the things that are good in the world. So as children, as a child or as children, we may have not gotten the freedom to be who we were supposed to be. We may not have gotten the freedom to be as carefree or um, as silly as we wanted to be because of the restrictions placed on us by our parents, our siblings, um, our community, society, you know, our schools, the teachers, you know, and it, it had an impact. So I know that maybe I needed somebody to cultivate um, something within me. Like when I was younger, I would sing, I played piano, I loved drama. Nobody really cultivated that in me. And mm-hmm. I've always said if somebody would have paid attention, I'd probably be on Broadway or on TV somewhere. Exactly. But yeah. because nobody honed in on that on me, mm-hmm. I ended up doing whatever else I ended up doing. So as a teacher, as an educator, I meet the child where they are. Okay. And then I find that special thing about them and I try and cultivate it. Mm-hmm. I try, like, um, when I was running my daycare for seven years, it's like the goal is to build the whole child, build their confidence, build their self esteem, build their creativity, like mm-hmm. just build the whole child and meet them on their level and then scaffold their learning and their love of just whatever, you know? So that's. Is there a part of you that feels resent to your parents or whomever was around who didn't cultivate those those gifts that you possessed as a child? Initially, yeah, because when you're not when you are not doing the work, you always look for somebody to blame. That's a fact. So you look, oh, because of my mother, because of my father, because I grew up, because because it's always somebody else's damn fault. Yep. But then once you start realizing and you start doing the work, the work requires you to not only look within yourself, but to look at the dynamics of your family and see where your family was at, where your mother was at, your father was at, and the society at, at that time when mm-hmm. they was around. And then you want to take it, go deeper and go further. You look at your grandparents and you realize they were doing the best they could with what they had. And you got to realize we came from a generation like my uh, that didn't you weren't allowed to really e- express your feelings. You had to go Thanks. with the social norms. You couldn't do therapy. You couldn't do, you know, if you were spiritual, you were considered wacky. Or if you talked about therapy, it was like taboo. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, you know? So you got to understand they did the best they could with where they were at in their life and in the in their journey. But I want to ask do you so you said because of where people were they did what they could based off where they are do you think that that because of that statement that a, a lot of people feel like i feel bad for being upset with my parents for not giving me what i wanted because they didn't have it to give me so it kind of belittles their emotions because it's like well my parent was who they were in that time and they did what they did with what they had who am i to feel bad because they didn't support me the way i needed to be supported like it kind of it kind of pushes their feelings to the side because we we say things like well our parent did the best they could but it's like but you're still entitled to feel like y'all still could have gave me a little bit more you you see what i'm saying like there's a little bit of a like Example, people will have mother issues and they'll be like, I'm mad at my mom, but I love her so much because she did what she could. 
So it kind of belittles and it tricks the mind to feel like you're not entitled to be mad at your mom because she sacrificed so much. Oh no, you're solely and totally entitled to have your feelings. Agreed. You're entitled to feel how you want to feel, but also I think there has to be that that balance where it's like, I'm angry at you. I'll make up some fake example. I'm angry at you because let's say, um, mm, I don't know. You were really strict on me. I'm angry okay. at you because you were really strict on me. You didn't allow me to, let's say, experiment with my hair and dress the way I wanted. But because you didn't let me do that, I went out and I rebelled and I did A, B, C, and D because of that. Because, Got it. And it was like my cry for your attention to see me. Mm-hmm. But let's take a look at the times. So the times when you were growing up, what was it? Like, yes, mom, my mom didn't give me the freedom, but think of how was she raised? What was going on in society at the time? Okay. Um, what traumas was she dealing with or not dealing with that caused her to respond to react the way that she was reacting? Mm-hmm. Was there a rapist loose in your neighborhood at the time? Was there um, young girls going missing a lot at that time? Mm-hmm. Was she overprotective because she um, experienced some sort of trauma that she never dealt with at the time? Makes sense. So, mom, yes, I'm upset with you because you these things happened and transpired, which caused me to um, respond and react in a particular way. But also, mom, I understand you were doing it because it came from your personal experiences. It came from what the environment was like at the time. It came from these spaces. So I understand and I can forgive you for it. I'm so does that belittle I don't think it'd be the emotions of the person because they now understand of, so much of what happened? Of, let's say me at, from experiencing it or the emotions of the parent of who? Who's the person who's experiencing it. So the person who feels like you were so strict on me, mom. I understand why you were strict, but you were still strict on me and and it it did something to my psyche and it did something. I think it's important for us to first acknowledge our feelings. How are you feeling? And then understand why you are feeling that way. And then once you dig a little deeper, sometimes you realize our feelings are baseless. And and, and they were just in the moment. Like you could have left those feelings in that moment when you were feeling it. And the your response and your reaction is yours. You can't Got blame it. that on your parents. Got it. That you, makes sense. You know, you yes. can you can blame the the, the feelings that you're feeling in that moment at that time, but the way that you responded to your parents' strict rules or the way that you handled it, what you did after that is totally on you. That's not your parents' fault. Mm. I'm mad that you're strict. So because you're strict and you won't let me dress and do what I want to do, I'm gonna go and rebel against you like yes it's a cry for attention but there are other ways we could have handled it agree but we don't handle it in in other ways because we don't know ourselves okay you know so it's just so now that you ended it on not ended it but you kind of paused on we don't know ourselves what does inner child healing look like to felicia um it presents itself many different times throughout your life okay so um Let's say when you're a child, when you're young, your early childhood is your most impressionable time. Correct. So during that time, it is like your immediate family are your first teachers. Yes. And they teach you how to be in a relationship. They teach you how to communicate. They teach you responsibility. They teach you... um, 
a boatload of things, a myriad of things. They teach you many different things. And in those first five, I want to say five, I'll even extend it a little bit to maybe seven, but mainly I believe like the first five years of your life is where your foundation of who you are mm-hmm. is, is created. Mm-hmm. And in those, those young years, if you experience some sort of trauma, it's going to um, shape your opinion, your beliefs. It's going to shape you in a, a particular way. So let's say if you, in those young years, you experience, let's say, um, being molested or sexually abused, mm. and uh, you're told to be quiet or you're, you're you're denied that and nothing happens and nobody talks to you about it. Yeah. You learn that that's okay. Yep. That's acceptable. Yep. You know, you... you you learn that you're not valued, your body is not yours. You know, you learn so many different things from that one experience and you then personally take that and manifest it and grow it and you know and it, it, it carries on into adulthood. Or let's say you were a witness to an abusive relationship within the home. Mm-hmm. So I see my parents arguing every day. I see my mom go from zero to a hundred. I see my dad curse out my mom all the time and that is what's going to shape my idea of what a relationship looks like. Yeah. It's not going to be clear communication. It's not going to be understanding and love and, and just, um, managing your emotions and your feelings. It's, that's not what was displayed to me. That's Mm -hmm. not what I was taught. That's not. So when you end up going into society, in schools, in, in relationships with other people, whether it's friendships, uh, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, sexual relationships, when your feelings are hurt or when you feel wronged, you're going to respond in a way that you know how. Correct. And that might just be yelling or going nuts or whatever. So, and I have... <laughs> anyway, so um, things like that have happened to me. Okay. So it has shaped me in certain ways. Yeah. So... It wasn't until really the passing of my mom that I was actually willing to acknowledge and address it. Like, oh, snap. It's because of this. Would you say that's where your inner child's work started knocking on your door? It started because um, the, the passing of my mother just rocked everybody's whole wide world. She was the glue of the family that kept us all together. Okay. And then it just felt like, oh my God, we're all out here in this world yeah. all by ourselves. Exactly. What the hell are we supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. You know? So it was up to us to figure out holidays and figure out family um, issues where my mom would be the person we would go to, talk to, she would be the buffer, mm-hmm. and then we'd come back and be fine. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anybody. We had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there were no tools for that. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the um, understanding of what was required of me to to make it right, make it better. And so I just started to dive a little deeper. Like um, I joined a journaling. Okay. And I started journaling. Um, and the journaling was like, caused me to, in the journaling process, it was like a journaling community. And they would ask you like these tough questions. And it taught me how to sit down, be quiet, listen in the spirit. Um, and it taught me how to ask myself tough questions and really answer them truthfully and honestly, even if I felt uncomfortable with it. So I went to therapy. I'm an advocate for therapy. Okay. I think therapy, I'm, I'm, I'm an on and off person with therapy. I feel like therapy can be very beneficial, but therapy can also cause somebody to withdraw quicker only because some people feel like, you know, 
how am I opening up to this person? What if this person's life is, is more fucked up than mine? Some people think like that. And then some people are like, it's a stranger. I'll never see this person in real, you know, again. So I'll, I'll, I'll open up. I don't know. I, I, I'm one of those people. I'm just like, if it works for you, let it work for you. I like to journal. So spirit talks to me through journal. I, I will sit there. And as the famous Erica Badu would say, when your pen hit the paper, shit gets real. So for me, that's what happens. But I... Therapy. therapy a therapist is, yeah. is like a trained psychologist, cl- clinician, whatever. They, they're trained. And so they can spot certain things and certain behaviors that you might overlook. Agree. And they yes. can help you dig. To, then they'll ask you the key questions. Like when you go to a therapist and you start explaining your story or whatever it is that's happening in that moment, they'll ask you a question that will cause you to think and then you have to look at it from a different perspective. Agree. And then they'll <laughs> and they're not telling you what to do or how Notice. to do anything. Yep. They're just like, okay, so have you thought about it like this? Yeah. And then if you're experiencing certain traumas, they'll help you identify those things. So someone would say they're probably like a a pathway to a new perspective. Like they open up your brain to see things in a different view. Like because yeah. I think therapists really believe you have the answer inside you. You just haven't asked yourself those uncomfortable questions like they would ask you. Well, they help us let go of the shit that we keep holding so Agreed. tight onto that that's shaping our life into the miserable whatever the hell it's turned into, which causes to go to therapy. But they help us because we hold on to these ideas and these ideals of what life is, what life should be so tightly and and it's we're so wrapped up in it yeah. and the whole thing is that shit is false it is false that's a fact and we're holding on yep. to it and it's like what are you holding on to this this negativity so like why are you holding on to this trauma that happened when you were four why why are you holding on to it so tight it it's not and then you hold on to it and then you fertilize it and you water it and you help it grow and yeah. manifest into something into your adulthood mm-hmm. because it was never dealt with back then. But then going to therapy and journaling and doing all this work helps you get a clear picture to say, you know what, that it's something that happened to me back then. It is not my fault. I am not, um, that it, that, that does not define me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was an experience mm-hmm. and it is over. What did I gain from it? What did I learn from it? What, you know, now, now what? What can I do going forward? And how do I... Um, if I have children, how do I protect them or stop them? And then if, if God forbid that was to ever happen, how would I handle Like you would know how to handle it exactly. because how you were handled. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. How I, You know, it's funny. You, I just realized I do this. Like I'll say I have a question and it's like, we'll just ask it. Like you don't, don't set it up. I don't know where that come from. That comes from a second guessing part of me. I, I, <laughs> shut up, little Shayla. Relax, girl. If you don't ask this question, <laughs> you better lose the question. I am. See, I kind of did. Wait, come back. Okay. The question is, how has your process of inner child healing affected you in a positive, let's keep it positive, in a positive way as a mother of three boys? How has it made you see like, okay. As a mother, um, so much, so much. What there are many things that has helped me as a mother. Going to school and getting my degree in child development and, and working with children has helped me. It has helped me. One first, it helped me understand my mother, because as a mother, you have to take each child as an individual. 
And in the beginning, nobody tells you this shit, you know. You can read all the goddamn books you want, but <laughs> hands-on experience is the real teacher. That's what they say. You know? Yeah. Um, but you have to take each... It, it has taught me that my mother had a lot on her plate. Mm. So when I, when I first opened up my daycare, it was like, oh my God, all these little children and all these different personalities, I can treat them together as, you know, as a whole, but I also have to cater to the individualism. Yes. And it was like, Ma, you had how many of us? Wow. Oh my God. And you did it by yourself? Wow. Um, sorry, my son's texting me now asking me, can he stop coding? A little, a little moment. <laughs> but it's like, wow, now I have a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Like now I can see that you had to deal with various personalities with all, all the kids that you had. So that gave me a little bit of insight. And then um, through my education um, and then when my mom passed through the joining the journaling and, and doing my inner child work, it, would, it helped me realize like... Um, I wanted to be heard more than I, I, I was actually heard. Okay. You know, I'm the middle child, so you have that whole middle child syndrome thing. Yeah. So it made me listen to my children more. Mm. You know, I wasn't listened to. Okay. It made me be open and honest with my children. Like, there's nothing off limits. You know? You know how they say stay in a child's place. They want children to be seen, not heard, blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, I want to hear you. I want to see you. I want to know how you're feeling. I, I want to know what you're thinking. Let me know. And I didn't get it right in the beginning. I, I was... I. It was terrible in the beginning. Okay. I even apologized to my son. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. That's Sorry. humbling. Very humbling. Yeah. You have, because, listen, they pretend, parents pretend like they know it all, but That's we don't know. Fact. I'm learning just like you learning. It's my first time having a teenager. Yeah. How am I supposed to handle this teenager? And this teenager is not the same as the teenager that the, that the white lady wrote about in the book. This is a fact. Say that. So it's not the same. So it's all, you know, generally speaking, Things happen generally for all teens, but yeah. I have to hone in on my individual kid. Yes. You know, so, and I got to go off of his experiences, but I tried to provide my children with the things that I didn't get. Okay. And I tried to have like a, a good balance of discipline, of teaching you responsibility. Um, of course, you got, you know, my, for me, five years old was a cutoff. You get chores at five. No. Oh, really? Yeah, five. Okay. Getting, like, I'm going to teach you, like, clean up your toys, you know, and all that I stuff. like it. But at five, you're getting chores. You're, you're going to start, you know, being... Start them off young. You have Agreed. to. Agreed. Um, and then you're going to be part of this whole this whole family, and you're going to participate and get in there with the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So, and then if you have feelings, I want to know about your feelings. So, you know, I'll sit and I'll listen. I'm not going to pretend like I always get it right. I don't. Because parenting is trial and error. And also, you have to take into account I'm human just like they're human. Yes. So I have my moments as well. And when I'm having my moments, unlike my mom, I'll express to them, like, look, I'm tired. And you know I'm tired. And you know I get grumpy when I'm tired. So I'm going to need a moment. Or if I come back from work, like, listen, I just got back. That's a beautiful Give me 30 minutes. I need 30 minutes to unwind, to, you know, and then I'll I'll come back. Yeah. So I'm not going to pretend to be superwoman. Agree. At all. I like it. And... You know, sometimes our parents pretend. Yes, they did. They they, they hide low. their feelings. They, yep. they, they won't keep anything. You're a child. You don't need to understand. You don't yep. need to know. And I'm like, no, you're a child, but you also are smart. Yes. You are capable of understanding. And if I can't get you this toy, I need you to understand why I can't get you this toy. Exactly. Or if I can't do this specific thing for you, you're going to understand why I can't do it. And you're going to understand that I'm a person with feelings too. And you got to respect my feelings too. I love so that. I can't always 
give, give, give. You understand? Yes. I yes. need you guys to understand that. So there's uh, a reciprocity that, that mm-hmm. is taking place. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as the parent, it's I, I feel, it's my opinion that it is not my job as your mother to tell you who and what to be. It is my job to nurture who you are, to mm. build who you are, who you are showing me that you are. So if you're showing me that you love to, my sons don't do this, but I'm just saying like twirl around in dresses and play with dolls or whatever the case is, then no problem. What kind of doll you want? Okay. If that's what you love to do. If you're showing me that you love to build and you want to, then no problem. Let's build. But if you're showing me, um, like whatever it is that they're showing me who they are, it's my job to help them cultivate that. Agree. To help nurture that. Okay. And if they... And it's also my job to provide them with things that they can trial and error. You know, mm-hmm. um, if they say express an interest, you know, I've I've been through baseball, karate, <laughs> football, basketball, um, like band instruments. You know, I've been through so many different things. But it's trial and error for them to figure out if I like it or I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not my job to sit there and judge. Yeah, I can bitch and moan because I gotta go to. There was one time I was at basketball games for a whole month of November. I didn't have not one weekend. I was pissed off. I said, nope. That's it. I'm not going. Okay. I took my life back. I took my Saturday. Okay. Back. Y'all can go to the game. I'll give you a coach gas card. But I want to have a Saturday to myself. I don't want to wake up and go to one game in the morning, one game in the afternoon. That's y'all thing. I'll go to your game sometimes. I'll go to the good games, the big games. But listen, your life is yours and mine is mine. I'm going to be there to support you. I'm going to be there to um, support you uh, financially, emotionally, physically. I'm going to be there. Mm. But at the same time, I have to remember that I'm a whole human being myself. Agree. My mom didn't do that. She didn't. She didn't remember. She was a whole human being, and she needed her own life. She didn't. She didn't do that. Okay. So that's um, where, like, I'll take vacations with my kids, and I'll take vacations without my kids. Okay. I'll take my kids out to eat fancy restaurants, and let's go see a play. Let's go do this. Let's go do that, and I'll do it without them. Okay. So you know, it's just doing things a little bit differently. Um, I don't know. So my inner child. That's how my inner child showed up to okay. help me as a mother. Like when I needed the attention that I didn't get. Now I know to pay attention to the cues from my children, from the signs that maybe they want a little attention. Maybe they okay. want a hug. Maybe they need to listen in the ear. Maybe you need to shut up and not yell and just listen, mom. Okay. You know, or maybe they need a little firm hand, a little discipline or whatever the case is. Um, I also learned not to spank. Oh, okay. I, I learned that. Okay. Now, I grew up in a spanking household and it's not because I grew up in a spanking household. I just learned... Um, it's not because I grew up in a spanking household that I choose not to spank my children. It's because I learned alternate methods, alternate ways. I learned how to pay attention to the individual child and what they're actually expressing. Exactly. Like they have feelings and emotions and they have every right to be pissed off because they can't get that extra candy Agree. Bar. And whipping them is just suppressing yeah. it because it's going to come out at some point. Exactly. I agree with that. So, Absolutely. I've learned that. I've learned like... Um, you know, as a child, there are things that I, activities and things that I wanted to do that I was unable to do, that it's okay to give them the opportunity that they may stick with it or they may not. Okay. You know, um, but, you know, if my child decided, hey, I want to join the band, then you're going to see the whole band out through the whole year. If you want to okay. quit next year, you quit next year, but you're not I allowed see. to quit midway through. Got it. That's unacceptable. Um, which so, is also a lesson I had to learn because as a child, I did quit something midway through. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, I got the part of Cinderella in the play and I just... Quit. Okay. Unacceptable. I, you know, I wasn't yeah. pushed to finish it. Exactly. So now you push them to finish. Finish. Makes yeah. sense. Or 
I wanted to, uh, hold on, let me just make sure we're good with time. Um, in this stage of your life, knowing what you know, being a mother, taking all of that in and, and now using it or the healing process that you've experienced with your children, what stage would you say you are in your inner child healing? Like, are you in the stage where you're blossoming? You're where you want to be? Are you still in the gooey, uncomfortable? Like, I don't want to break if these I, habits. If where I ever you? stop evolving and growing, then I, I feel like... That's it. That's the end. Like, what's the point? <laughs> I agree. So I don't think this work is, like, ever done. Agreed. Because once you reach one stage, there is another level after that. And there's something after that. And yes. there's something after that. And then having children lets me know that there's so much more because the way society is changing and evolving, I have to change and evolve too. And I have to keep up with them yep. and keep up with the times. So it's never freaking ending until it's the end. Yes. So it, there is, I don't want to say there's this stage or that stage. No, okay. it's just continuous. It's a continuous process. Well, do you think in this moment of your life, it's a little bit easier or, or, or you're more um, able to deal with the the mirror reflection of okay I I I, mess, I may have messed up there I I could yeah I'm I now at this stage of my life I'm um quicker to take ownership and accountability for my own actions love it and I am quicker to um I'm, I better receive criticism than I used to okay because before I used to be like what <laughs> what do you think <laughs> Malvi and all of that crap now I'm like so what you write whatever okay you know and I'm like all right and oh I, I I, if I have like a feeling or emotion, I'm like, I'm mad. Let me calm down first. So you acknowledge your feelings yeah, now you more than I. I love before, that. I yes, didn't. me either. Before Same. it was like stifle, stifle, bury them. Don't talk about them. Go in the room and cry by yourself. Yes, you know. Or yeah. it was just flip out and and be belligerent and and a fool and not even deal with it. But at the same time, it's honoring my feelings. How am I feeling? Why did I? Why do I feel that way? Who did it? Express whatever it is to them. And then if they don't wait for their reconciliation, because mm -hmm. it might not come in the form that I Agreed. expected. Agreed. And that and that comes like that only comes if the person knows like your language. Yes. If they know how to speak your language, then they can give it to you in the way that you need to hear it so you can receive it properly. That's but so if true. they don't and you're expecting them to do that, you can be highly disappointed and continuously wait on that apology in the way that you're ready to hear it and receive it and it might never come and you could be holding out for that forever i feel like people who wait for the closure of another person it's a waste of time totally because people think that oh my gosh i can't live my life because i need closure from this person and this person is not thinking about you at all and it's like you're really putting yourself on pause for a person who to be acknowledged by does not care Make it Ridiculous. make that doesn't make sense to me. Ridiculous. But it and took I was time that person. To learn that. Yes, it does take time. It took time to learn that. You get tired you, of waiting. <laughs> yeah, you you end up waiting, and then you want while in your waiting process, you're like you want to be seen by that person. Yes, you, at like, the same look, time. You hurt me. You scorned me, and I'm angry. And look at me. Look what you did. And then, and that's what people, now with the age of technology, people be putting on subs, and it's like, yep. girl, you are telling your life. Stop it. But you know what I've learned through waiting for that closure? It's a false sense of closure. It doesn't exist. Totally. But what I've learned is it, it keeps people in the comfortability of I'm the victim. So it, it all eyes on me. It does keep you in victim me. mode. It does. It you know? completely keeps you yes. in victim mode. You yeah. keep telling this same old damn sad ass story. Yep. Don't nobody want to hear that shit. It's like, girl, again, still? Yep. Huh? Yep. When are you going to move on? When are you going to let it go? 
and then people stop get tired of hearing that shit. And then you over there with your whole woe is me depression bullshit. Yep. You don't want to take any advice. <laughs> it's everybody true. else's fault. And then, then your whole life messed up. You manifest an illness. You manifest, uh, you know, you start manifesting a bunch of negativity in your life because you won't let this one thing go. You want to be acknowledged. And that probably comes from something a little bit deeper in your own childhood of not getting your attention or not being heard or nobody, you know, you got a boo-boo and nobody kissed that shit. And you mm -hmm. just want that. Mm -hmm. Seek that comfort of validation. And you, once you get past it, you realize, like, can't nobody validate you. Not one person. Yeah. Nobody can. And that's the process. It that is. is the process. It's it not is. an overnight pill you just swallow. And it's like, oh, I can validate my... It's a. Some days you feel like I'm validating myself this whole day. And then the end of the day, it's like, you know what? Let me ask somebody if I did this right. It, and you don't it have takes time. to. Yeah. It takes time to realize, like, you know what? I'm going to move with the way I feel is right. Yes. And that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. And that's it. But if I move in a, a certain way and then I go ask somebody, like, uh, for permission, they might have their opinion. And then their opinion might not coincide with what my opinion is okay. you know the way i i it's like i want to go left and then you say hey do you think i should go left and then the person's like no nah, maybe you should go straight because you know uh the shortest distance from point a to point b is a yep. straight line and yep. you're like but no i want to see the sights over here when i go left and you're like yeah and you find yourself explaining to them yeah and then you're trying to convince them and it's like stop now you're just, off task exactly yeah and you're looking for their approval and you and then it's like no just stop yeah Go tell them what you did after you did it. Yeah. Or invite them to come along. Yeah. Don't ask them. You know, and that that's it, it that's a lot of work to it do. It is. I um I enjoyed this topic. I think there'll be a part two, because there's a, a question that came in my head, but I didn't want it to be so long. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for that question to come back later. I'll probably write it down. But I enjoyed that. Can you write the question down so you don't forget it? I, I will. I will. I will. Cause you know you're gonna forget. I am. It. I am. Totally I am. But I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna write it because it's a good question. But what is one thing if you could just put it in one sentence? Yeah. Would right. you? I know, right? We're gonna try this. We're gonna try. How? What would you say to the person who's resisting the inner child's work? What is one thing that you've learned? Like, nah, th this is important. Like, what is one thing you would say? Do it. Just let it happen. Don't resist. Be free, my friend. Oh, this morning's message. This morning's message. The morning message. What's the morning message? The morning message I said. Oh, oh, let the people know the morning message. I'm thinking something's on the news of like the morning no, message. No, because with this inner child work, what it does to us, like the, the trauma that we experience from our inner child work and then we bring it to, into our adulthood, it's like these limitations that we place on ourselves. Agree. You know, or I'll just read this morning's message. And it's like, just remove those limitations. Who's telling you you can't do B or whatever? Who's, who said so? Why not? And the only person stopping you, honestly, is you. Unless you're trying to be a rapper at 50 years old, and then it's like, stop. For all you men trying to be a rapper <laughs> at 50 years old, we just said stop. Right? Just but, read a book. <laughs> the, the morning message um, was, some people want you to move within the confines of their own limitations and self-imposed restrictions. Um, I said, fuck that shit. Live out loud. Live boldly if your heart desires. And if you're placing restrictions on yourself, take them off and try something new, something bold. I bet you won't put those limitations back on. I love it. And I agree. And I believe that for whomever 
is going through their inner child work. It's may it may be uncomfortable. I don't want to say it's hard. I don't believe in the whole hard and easy thing. It's it, when spiritual growth is not supposed to be hard or easy. It just it challenging. is challenging. Some people can say it's it's beautiful. It's like it is yeah, what it is to life you. But see, I don't challenging, uncomfortable. Yes, but it, it but but it, but it is beautiful. The whole process is beautiful. No, it's, it's beautiful once you cross that. Like once you say, oh my god. I could. I really, really want to go here, and I want to go there, and then, and, and then, when you're in your mind, you're like, oh, I want to do this, and oh, I want to do that. Maybe I should. And that is the hard part. Yeah. The hard part is being able to go from saying to the doing, and Agreed. then once the doing starts, that's when the beauty comes, because then you realize, oh my God, it was this easy. Mm. That's all. I just wanted to have like a moment on that because I was thinking about. See, mine was uncomfortable, and then it became beautiful, and then it became uncomfortable again, and, and it's like a roller coaster. It is, but it's like she said. You know what I'm gonna say? If I if I can wrap that up now, it just came to me. Breathe into it. Breathe into Me's your any. Lean into it. Lean into it. Breathe into it. Cry into it. Laugh into it. Enjoy the process of those up and down moments of you really healing yourself, of you getting to know yourself, of you taking that time with yourself. There is a gift in that. Oh, go ahead, Felicia. Ask while you're going through it, when you're having that moment of, oh my God, why me? Say, what am I supposed to learn from this? Boom. What are you trying to show me? Yes. Am I, like, you want to ask yourself the question of learning. Am I supposed to grow from this? What am, What is the takeaway from this? Yes. Can you reveal that to me? And then once it's revealed to you, be obedient. Obedient. Be obedient to whatever you feel, the call, the pull, the push to do, and just do it. And it's probably going to be the most uncomfortable thing. But once you cross that threshold from mm. thinking about it to doing then it's like your world opens up, the weight comes off, and you realize you are capable, you are worthy, you are deserving of whatever it is that you were denying yourself for so long. And that just might be peace of mind. It Ooh. just might be, you know. Peace of mind. It might be a new haircut. It might be, it might be you a know. New a new man. A new man. A new woman, you know, it a might new be whoever. anything. It might be taking yourself to dinner. And it's That's like, a fact. So at a fancy restaurant, it, it might be anything, but you are worthy and deserving of that. Just do it. She, she she said you are worthy and deserving. So I know somebody had to hear that because we definitely spoke about that on Instagram Live. I'm not going to add anything else to that. End it on you are worthy and deserving of your inner child work and healing yourself. So as y'all know what we always say, inhale, exhale, and let that shit go. I will see you guys next time.